Hey there, fans of The Wretched Hive. Before we get to the show, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of the Audible service just by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's spelled H-I-V-E. From there, you can get over 180,000 titles to choose from that you can play on your iPhone, over Android, if you have a Kindle, one of those, or even if you're still stuck on one of them MP3 players. Maybe even a Zune if that's still out there. Are those still out there? They're probably still out there. You can play it on a Zune, I'm sure, because they took MP3s. Why not? Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. My God, the Star Wars news. I feel like I say this every week, but the Star Wars news is just non-stop. We are in the golden era of Star Wars, and we are so glad that you have joined us to talk about it, because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast, episode 41, for Friday, July 21st, 2017. We've got a big show tonight. We've got D23 news. We've got episode 8 news, episode 9 news, Han Solo news. We have a special guest interview on the couch tonight. Scott Ivansky, we've got a full show planned tonight. We even have a guest host tonight. Oh, this is new. <laughs> we do. We but have we a do. guest. Ho- we'll get to it. I know that. All right. Spoiler we'll alert, Scott. Keep your yap I've shut. Got a bad feeling about this. Unless Nico laughs like a girl, well, I think we do have a guest. I host have said tonight. that a lot on the show. I'm sorry, Nico. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you. You know, I'm gonna let you finish, but I just really got to get this off of my chest real quick. All right. Go ahead. Go for it. Perfect. He he, he Kanye Kanye Wested you guys. That's what he did there, Steve. See, there's an artist called Kanye West, and he interrupted another artist called Taylor Swift. I know you're old, but stay with it. Is he related to Adam West at all? Yes, absolutely. Okay, all right. 100%. 100%. That's so sad. (laughs) That is is not right. That is not right. Too soon. Is Is he as dead as Adam West is? Oh, Adam West, newest cast member of The Walking Dead. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's George Romero. George Romero. George Romero. <laughs> My God. George Romero, Martin Landau, and Adam West. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm not friends with you people. I don't know them. We haven't even How been on 30 seconds, and we're already gone to the dark side oh, here, yeah. guys. Let, let's bring it back to Ooh. the light. My name is Steve Baldwin. I am your host, and the rest of the Wretched Hive is joining me on the Skype tonight. We have my Wookiee co-pilot, as always, Greg Lent. Oh, thank you, Steve, for having me. Thank you, Hive listeners, for joining again this week. I have to start off with some bad news. I know I was supposed to be the conduit to Comic-Con this year, but unfortunately my plans fell through. I will not be attending. I will be hanging on the sidelines with the rest of my schlubby friends over here, I'm sorry to say. Uh, what happened? What happened? Uh, 
schedules got mixed up and uh, and, and things just uh, you know the stars had to align to get me to go in and at the last minute things kind of fell fell apart. So it's just uh, no no harm no foul. Uh, doesn't I'm not out anything. It's just I thought it was there was going to be an extra ticket I was going to uh, uh, quote unquote borrow from a friend, but it didn't happen. So it's okay. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that, and uh, but it's okay because we may have a connection with someone on the show tonight that will be there and can fill in for you, Mr. Lent. Can they grow a beard? No. Well, maybe. I don't mm. know. You'll have to ask her. Mm. I don't. I doubt mm. it, though. If you try real hard. <laughs> Although I'm Hispanic, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> also on the show tonight, as always, lifelong Star Wars fan... Scott Ivansky. Thank you. Thank you very much, Steve. I like to say that I'm joining the Lollipop Guild tonight. I have fans. (laughs) I have fans. I never get fans on this show. I feel good. Wow. Wow. I am happy to be here. Tonight is going to be a damn good night. That's the first host that's ever cheered for you. I'll tell you that. That is true. Say hi hi to Attorney General Jeff Sessions when you see him for me, please. (laughs) Insert music here, Steve. (laughs) Uh, also on the show tonight, the captain of the Millennial Falcon. Not the Millennium hey, Falcon. Cool? The Millennial <laughs> Falcon. Hey, what's going on? Nico Rodriguez. How are we doing tonight? I am so excited for tonight's show. I think we're pumped. Like, Everyone's like, in a great mood tonight. Really excited, yeah. This is going to be a good night. Yeah. feeling it. Yeah, yeah there's right. energy coming out excited. of Nico tonight. I'm... I'm I'm a little disturbed. Things. I'm a little. I'm <laughs> you better Things keep up, Scotty Vansky. Happening it for is me. Fly around. It's, it's definitely not a Star Wars movie because nobody's got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. And finally, noon. we have. <laughs> Under no circumstances. Unter keinen Umständen. <laughs> Should you ever? Ever? Shortest du jemals. Ever? And I mean, ever. <laughs> Absolute niemals. Call him. Ruf ihn an. Harry. Heinrich Potter. Oh my uh, god. Oh. Wait, did you just go I from just... Russian to Jamaican? I want to know what's going on. Oh my god. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you guys. And gals out there listening to us, thank you for joining us on the Wretched Hive tonight. And uh, I just wanted to say real quick before we get into the rest of the show, it was a pleasure to uh, be with four of my fellow, uh, three of my fellow Hiveans over the weekend at a very, very exclusive Game of Thrones uh, world premiere launch party. It was so exclusive, actually, that none of the cast members were invited to attend. <laughs> that is how tough the ticket was for this. There are three notes here that are potential spoilers, okay. but I just want to I want to share them with the crowd real quick. Scott, thank you. That's why I gave you the warning. Steve, tap Scott back in when we're done with this. But 
Right. Uh, Wait, these are all from. I can't hear anything. <laughs> okay, he's yeah, got his headphones off. He cannot hear anything. He's good. Yeah, okay. don't put your hand on his thigh though, because he'll confuse that with a different signal. Uh, <laughs> these are all all courtesy of the interweb. But first up, in the sequence where Sansa's talking to John and there, and she's trying to convince John that Cersei is this big threat that he needs to pay attention to. If you look closely. And if you pull up screenshots, Sansa's hair is actually done the same as Cersei's was in season three when Sansa was a captive of Cersei down at King's Landing, which I thought was a really interesting touch. Wow. Uh, another interesting bit from a guy from guys that have a lot more time on their hands than I do. Uh, when Sam has stolen the book and is reading the book, before he gets to the part about where the big mountain of dragon glass is, he flips past a page with a dagger on it. And the dagger is the exact same dagger that was used in the assassination attempt on Bran back in season one. Whoa. Why is, wow. why is that in a book? Might come back to that. And someone with a lot of time on his hands actually froze frame the pages of the book and enhanced text so you could read what was there. And there is actual text there. And apparently, Dragonglass also has healing properties. Oh, which is interesting uh, to me because we know that Sam has encountered a very afflicted cast member, Sir Jorah Mormont, who is actually tasked with finding a cure for Grayscale. Yep. Mm. Oh, interesting. Mm. I know okay. I'm totally I'm totally off topic. We usually save this stuff for our, you know, wretched Game of Thrones podcast, but just had to lead off with that because I was so jonesed at getting to watch that episode with you guys. Well, that was a lot of fun, I, and uh, and all you know. Uh, Far be it from us to ever go off topic on this show, by the way. No, I, I never. Think never, right no, no, never. No. Well, I felt like the episode was super uneventful, but hearing those things, it has me more intrigued. You know, it was. There, It was kind of like, hey, this is what everybody's been doing for the past year and a half. Remember all these guys? But yeah, nothing really, nothing really yeah, happened. Yeah, it was not really like exciting. I was just like, that's it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But honestly, that's how that's how a lot of episode ones are. I, I think the yeah. arc of a season on that show is usually like it's a slow buildup of that roller coaster going up the first the first thing very slowly, and then you hit that peak around episode five or six, and then it's just batshit crazy for the rest of the time. So. That's not necessarily true with Game of Thrones, though. They're usually like, bam, you're in it. <laughs> and, and and they only have six episodes this year. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's usually they, more eventful. Yeah, they gotta ramp this shit up right away. Guys, I need to introduce our guest host before we get too much further. Uh, you've heard her voice already. You've heard her on the show previously. We we had a an, an opportunity to interview Jackie Michelle a couple Hi. of weeks ago. Yay, Jackie! Thank you for joining us. It's such a pleasure to have you. You are our first guest host on the show, Jackie. So we're thrilled. To, we're I'm thrilled so honored. To we are. I'm not sure if you should be, but it, the, the fact is, you are our first. Welcome to the Wretched Hive. Uh, and uh, folks, you can find Jackie. I just want to let you know, um, she is uh, among many other things. Uh, she is uh, involved in the 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 world of pinup modeling, and actually, Scott, among other folks, have have had the pleasure of taking her photograph. Yeah. And Jackie, you've got some pictures on Facebook. Uh, so at facebook.com forward slash Jackie Michelle 138. So it's J A C K I E M I C H E L E 138, like THX 1138, I want to point out. 
Very or the cool. Misfits, one through eight. Or <laughs> the Misfits, that's right. So, uh, Jackie Michelle, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Jackie Michelle 138. Check out her page. And uh, we are so thrilled, truly, to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. You got it. You got it. Um, also on Facebook, if you want to connect with the Wretched Hive, you can check us out at facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. You can also, as we've uh, been discussing the last few weeks on the show, we have a, a new home on the web. That's www.therechedhive.net, where we post all of our show links. And uh, you can always leave us a voicemail. If you do, it's very likely to get on the air. And that phone number is 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. And uh, no cat jokes while Jackie <laughs> Michelle has her kitty on the screen, guys. Well, I was going to point out that it's usually Dave. Yeah, I'm going to leave. Uh, I'm just going to leave that one there and let Dave handle this. Yeah. That's my little pumpkin. I, what, what's oh. the cat's name? Pumpkin. <laughs> I walked into that one. <laughs> yes, you did. At, at some at some point there'll be a dog screaming in the background guys we all know this happens every show so yes. is the She's family my pumpkin pie the apple of my eye oh is the family home yet uh greg or will we will we know when they arrive oh no they're all here they're, everybody's oh, okay. here yeah yeah all right they're all everybody everybody's at home the dogs are currently peacefully sleeping next to me but that never lasts excellent, <laughs> excellent. well scott is peacefully sleeping next to me so we're good <laughs> I'm not even so, what the I don't know I'm just picking on you all right guys we have a lot of news to cover. sleeping with his hand in your life. ABC News World Headquarters this is ABC World News tonight no it's not it's Star Wars news with the wretched hive so be it well tons of Star Wars news to cover tonight what are you looking at me like that for I'm drinking I'm not sleeping all right it's good night it's uh, good d23 Disney convention took place Last weekend, July 14th through 16th, here in Southern California, my family was looking at me like, why aren't you there? I really probably should have tried to go to this one because there was some pretty big Star Wars news that came out of D23 this year. Uh, of course, uh, we'll start with the big, big news. Episode 8, Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi Sizzle Reel was released um, at D23 this year. And uh, we... We have such a packed show. We do not have time to go through uh, shot by shot. But I just want to throw it out to you guys. What did you think about the scissor reel? What stands out in your mind as being uh, the take-home shot, the money shot, as we're fond of saying, from the scissor reel? And um, Scott, I'm going to start with you. What jumped out at you about the scissor reel for episode eight? Guys, I just want to say this right now. I can't believe this. I can't, I'm shocked. Disbelief. These are the emotions that I'm feeling. I can't believe Jar Jar is in that trailer. I, I, that <laughs> real. I was shocked. I'm still shocked. I'm saying shocked so much because that's all I can feel about it. What do you guys think about that? My my thought is how it, can how can they how can Jar Jar possibly not be in? Oh well, thank how God he did not. Thank God. Did you Jar watch Jar. the Did you watch the fizzle reel or the sizzle reel? Oh, oh. that's my problem. I, I clicked on the wrong link. Wow. So, so Dave, it sounds so you were not a fan. It sounds like you wanted to see more. No, no, no. I, I was a fan, but I, I just I, Jar Jar is not what what comes to mind for me off of that reel. That <laughs> I, I can't stand Jar Jar. Yeah. You know, I was I was kind of surprised it was shorter than the other ones because 
done, I think, you know, four-plus-minute videos for Force Awakens and for Rogue One. This was only a couple minutes. But for me, you know, it was, it was the shots of Carrie Fisher just really brought back all the feels for me. So, yeah. yeah. Right. That's, I felt the same way. Jackie, yeah. it sounds like you had a similar reaction. Yes. I just love her so much. Ugh. I know. It's going to – it brought me – It breaks my heart. I was just catapulted into again in sitting in the theater in a few months and watching Carrie scenes and how I don't I don't know how I'm going to react. I, I'm going to be it's going to be so moving. I it I mean just watching her for ten seconds on the scissor reel kind of makes me get a little choked up. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, I've just recently read all her books because I felt so bad that I hadn't read them prior. And while I was reading them, I was I felt myself like really choked up and emotional because. I just felt more connected to her, but it was a little too late, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Nico, what did, what were the what were the pieces of of the uh, scissor reel that that jumped out at you as being significant? Um, there's just a lot of really cool shots of the. I don't know. I like the behind the scenes stuff. So like seeing the um the shot of the cameraman standing there with the big red dusty explosion. Yeah. Over the top of him, just the the visuals of everything. I'm just uh, I love the look and the feel of the Star Wars universe, yeah, and like yeah. the scenes and stuff. Just seeing like the shot of Kylo Ren standing there, and just seeing the like classic Imperial kind of background. Like you just bring back the feels, seeing the the scenes of the world. Yeah, even just seeing them like practicing with the sticks, like in replace mm. of lightsabers. It was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah since, since I was kind of joking around at, at the beginning, I'm going to jump in with Nico on this. I like the behind the scenes <clears throat> shots that they've shown. The red, um, the, the planet that we're learning about. Um, oh, my goodness. I'm going to forget the name of it. Um, the, the mining planet where they're mining that the red dust or whatever is it, it is. is. Is it Craig? Is that, is that right, guys? Am I, I think, I'm, I think I'm you're pretty right. Sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in and out. Okay. In and out. All right. So, anyway, I love the shots. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. <laughs> I love the shots of, of the red dust that we're learning about the minerals and stuff. But I also like the shot. It's a different perspective of the hangar bay exploding. So you get to see what looks like Poe's X-Wing and a few other ships. I think a couple A-Wing fighters. A great angled shot. I love that perspective of seeing the above shot looking down on top of everything as it's exploding. It's, it's pretty cool. Apparently Poe's ships only get blown up when they're on the ground. Apparently that's what happens. <laughs> Well, he is the best damn it's, star it's, pilot. Yeah, it's better than being blown up in the air, I guess. That's truth. That's truth. There were there were three things that kind of stuck with me out of it. One, on that the camera shot with the red dust. I'm just struck by how much red is a is a color in this that we're seeing. We have the Star Wars logo in red for the Last Jedi. We have that beautiful red dust effect, and all of the teaser posters that were released as well. All of the characters have red pretty much as their highlight color on them. So I'm not I'm not sure what that all means yet, but I think it's an interesting choice that they have this common color theme going on. The shot and we talked about it over the weekend of Daisy, you know, blocking three attackers at once with a lightsaber when she was rehearsing that. That one absolutely stuck with me. And then the third one I just laughed at them on Calamari yelling, "It's a it's a wrap at it's the end rap. of the shooting." <laughs> Now, you bring up a great point, Dave, and that is the, the shot of Daisy Ridley clearly practicing a lightsaber battle against three foes. Uh, my question to you is, Dave, do you 
think we learned anything new about the movie watching this scissor reel that we didn't know before seeing it. For instance, there's been the rumors about uh, Ray and Luke in a huge battle at the end of the film against the Knights of Ren. Do you think that possibly the scene with Daisy Ridley practicing the lightsaber against three foes, is that now a, is that a tell that maybe we are going to see a battle against the Knights of Ren with multiple foes? What do you think? Did we learn anything new? I, I Okay, so the, to me that's two kind of questions. Uh, one, I think it was a tell that there, that rumored battle against the Knights of Ren is going to happen because I can't think of another scenario where three people with swords would be coming at Daisy Ridley. Right. But I don't think that's a new thing. That's a, that's a rumor that's been around for a while. The thing that was new that I honestly thought was a takeaway from it is the clip of Daisy and John dancing together that says to me that these two actually will have a uh, scene and screen time together in the movie and that that is something new that is a new takeaway right agree and actually in uh on starwars.com uh the article we have in the show notes they do talk about the fact that um ben will strike back he's going to get action in this movie so i think i think you're right i think we're going to see finn he's going to get action yeah <laughs> are, are the Poe Finn shippers going to be happy? I don't think so. I think they're going to be let down. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a more of a Finn Ray ship. I think it's more of what it is than a Poe Finn ship. I don't. I don't even think it's that. I think uh, Finn is going to be partnered up with this new character, and I think Rose. Uh, what's that? Rose. Rose is the name. Rose. 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 Yeah. That's correct. Um, and I think there is going to be an offshoot story that they're going to be doing on their own, dealing with this new planet that we're talking about. This kind of upper class elitist type planet where uh, everyone's dressed really nice um, some of the new characters are being shown in there but I want to point something out that Dave said earlier about the color I really like this and I'm gonna go back to I'm a huge fan of horror movies and this is a, a commonly used practice in horror films is when they use a lot of red mm. it usually symbolizes bad things death uh, similar type things there's a lot of symbolism there and I think based off of what we know through the Star Wars trilogies through the past, usually the second piece of the, of the trilogy doesn't bode well for our heroes. Hmm. So there could be some more uh, not great moments for our three heroes. You know, that's a great point, Scott. In fact, what jumps to my mind is the Sixth Sense, the M. Night Shyamalan yeah, movie. Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> and, his, and his color, his use of the color red yes. in that movie signified any time there was a supernatural thing going on yeah. with Bruce Willis's character, spoiler alert, actually in, in you know, interacting with... <laughs> For a movie that's with, 20 years old. Right, <laughs> interacting with... the movie by now. Right, right. When he's interacting with the real world, there's the color red appears. And so yes, that's an interesting up, point. To yes. room, the mom's dress. There's mm -hmm. huge indicators of the red. Exactly. Although that's a great film, let me bring us up to speed here. There is a more current film that's not a horror movie, but um, if any of us have seen Baby Driver, the use mm. of red actually comes uh, across pretty interesting in that film. Baby so. Driver is so much fun. It's a damn good movie. Great movie. Yeah. Really loved it. I think I think Shaun of the Dead used a lot of red, too. Yes. <laughs> uh, Crimson Peak, too? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Reds also, actually. I didn't notice that at all in Crimson Peak. Did I miss something? <laughs> Damn it. 
That was a trippy ass movie. Did you guys see Crimson Peak? I did. That was a trippy ass movie. So good. Yeah, it is. That gothic horror tale. Really good. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. He's just a genius. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody says. No, I agree. Yeah, Pacific Rim is a fantastic movie. Pacific Rim is so good. (laughs) Uh, Pan's Labyrinth, Mama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the orphanage. The orphanage is great. Ooh, yeah. What's uh, what? What's the one he did a long time ago with? Um, oh my God, the bug movie down in the uh, sewers. The bug movie down in the sewers. I don't. Hellboy. Know. Help. Are you going back to Hellboy? Before Hellboy. <laughs> he did do Hellboy. Before, he did both the Hellboys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that um, was down in sewers. Part of it. No, no, no. This is. Um, we'll just roll on. I'll I'll come back to it. It'll come back. It'll come to you. It'll come to you through the Google. <laughs> We get this in post here. Don't worry about it. Guillermo del Toro. Um, go. F- what were we? What were we talking about? We're talking about something else. <laughs> bugs. Bugs. And use sewers. of color. Use of color in film. Um, but yeah, Baby Driver uses that, and that's a more current film uh, when it symbolizes death. And I thought that was a, a fascinating piece. It's Is subtle. it Chronos? No, that's actually one of his very first films. That's a great movie. It's got to be Mimic, then. It's got to be Mimic. Thank you. you Oh, yeah, Mimic. We did it, everybody. Congratulations. Six brains equals one on the Wretched Hive. (laughs) All right, guys. Also at D23, and you guys know how I'm excited about this. I can't. I'm. Hopefully, I'll get through this little introduction piece Dude, without wetting my Disney pants. Nerd. You're I a Disney nerd. I am not a Disney nerd. I'm a Disney freak. Okay. There's a difference. You, That's a good thing. All right. So, uh, Star Wars Land. Yeah. Co- coming soon to a Woo-hoo! park near you. We now have a or name. Or not near you, depending on where you live. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Corn Belt folks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm making fun of the Nebraskans. Whatever. Uh it's, we have a name. Galaxy's Edge is now what they're calling Star Wars Land, so we can call it Galaxy's Edge. Okay. Uh, this thing looks so amazing. The model that they showed at D23 is incredible. The size of this thing and the scale um, is amazing. Of course, now there's been quite a few memes because the model that they showed, they, they do this little mini fly-through with a small camera so you can see the scale. Can, can we post? It's like empty. And it, there are a lot of memes with, you know, thousands of people wall-to-wall in this place. But it's yeah. going to be packed and very popular. But um, Yes, I'm posting all I'm posting all of the memes that have people that have photoshopped the hundreds of thousands of people that will be in there waiting in line. And I'll I'm, be right there in the middle of those yeah. people, dressed as Han Solo on day one, hopefully with a Wretched Hive microphone and a press pass, because yeah. I have to cover that, guys. We got to get this you just done. Need, you, need, you need to go full on where is Waldo gear is what you need to do, because <laughs> there's one picture and there's you standing there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With the you know how many Han Solos are going to be there on day one? <laughs> it's going to be like a Han Solo fest. But uh, it just looks incredible. I, I, I cannot express uh, how excited the Wretched Hive is about... Uh, Galaxy's Edge. It's 20 minutes from from where we live, and uh, yeah. it's it's just it's going to be amazing. Full size replica of the Falcon, full size replica of an X-wing at one entrance and a Tie Fighter at the other entrance. Now, the part that I'm excited about is this newer revelation that um, we're going to talk about Florida. We're gonna I'm going to talk about the hotel. The hotel. Yeah. So oh, along with Star Wars Land, aka Galaxy's Edge in Florida, they are building. 
a Star Wars themed hotel. Now, this thing is totally immersive to the point where every guest and every employee is playing a role in this story. It's basically like Westworld. It is Westworld without the robots. Without the murdering and the sex. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm, out. I'm out. That's a good. Then what's the done. point? <laughs> That's right. The rooms are one ninety nine a night for that. Uh, at nine ninety nine, if you want the murdering and the sex. Oh, okay, I'm back in. Not yeah. bad, right? Uh, but it, it really is. I, apparently, you dress up. The, yep. the guests have clothes waiting for them. I assume in the room that you put on, and walk oh. around the resort. I mean, this thing is going to be insane. Well, what's even more insane about this? Let me just jump in. Is the fact that every guest has an individual or unique story and experience right. that is freaking crazy this is disney taken to the extreme this is westworld taken to the extreme every single person that stays in that hotel will not experience the same exact story i'm i'm so, so into this with, yeah. with so it's it's like a giant how to ho- one of those how to host a murder party packs that we had back in the 90s yeah, yeah. but on a, on a disney level and there's murder and sex man come on so i'm reading here <laughs> at uh sorry greg one second at cnn.com says this hotel fake will- news will be a one-of-a-kind experience the, at uh, D23 Expo 2017, a biannual fan event showcasing the best of the Disney empire. The company showcased a detailed models, model of Galaxy's Edge. Uh, it goes on to say the new hotel will allow guests to live out a Star Wars fantasy. Quote, from the second you arrive, you'll become a part of the Star Wars story. Uh, you'll you'll immediately become a citizen of the galaxy and experience all all that entails, including dressing up in the proper attire. Dave, how are they going to do this? How are they going to pull this off? It's got to be something to do with this, with some new technology that might be a, a wearable tech, like some kind of a little wristband that you get assigned to you, so that as you move around, the the interactive portion of the hotel or the ride knows who you are knows where you've been and knows what you've done and that allows them to you know have a bartender lean over and say hey i hear there might be a price on your head because of the thing at the place that time isn't that kind of what they do at disney world though they give you a specific band yeah they've they've i know they've been testing those i think they call them magic pass or magic band yeah and it's specifically designated to you nobody else has your information it's on you you can get into your hotel everything yeah, they're loaded up with those RFID chips in there, and that reads yeah. so the scanners read them as you go throughout the park, and they can tell exactly where you've been. The, the idea is they want to put your credit cards on those things, so if you if you go into a store, it can just zap your credit card when you wanted to buy something, and you wouldn't have to wait for, to check out or anything like that. Yeah, and it has your specific information only. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know that that would be so cool. Now, there's something similar at uh, this place here in Southern California called Great Wolf Lodge. I don't know if you guys heard of this place, but I took my family there, and they've got this interactive game where you get a wand, like a magic, like a sorcerer's wand, and you're you're you can walk around the hotel, and it's sort of like an adventure search sort of a game. You you it you get clues on where to go, and you wave the wand in front of the location that you're supposed to find, and uh, the the computer system in the hotel understands where you've been and guides you to the next place. So. You're, so what I'm hearing you say, it'll be a little more flexible than that because the a cast member is going to be able to walk up to you, somehow scan this wearable piece that's on you and understand immediately how to interact with you. 
that's that's taking it to another level. That's that's crazy. First of all, I don't think this other place you described uh, is a place that Dave would want to go to. Dave Harry Potter. I mean, come on. That's true. <laughs> Waving a wand around. I, he's, Do I get to say Wingardium Leviosa? <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. Leviosa. Only if you say Leviosa. <laughs> Now, th- this came up a couple months ago, actually, on the show, guys. Is uh, way, and the, the story of the Star Wars Hotel. And I think the thing we all were questioning, and I, and I still have a question, and I don't know if you answered it all, was the cost. How much is it going to cost? Because, Steve, you're a family of five. Yeah. I'm a family of four, six if I take Nico. So then, then how much is it going to – how many loans am I going to have to take out to go to this thing? At least one, because Alana and I are for sure going with you guys. So. <laughs> Great, just <laughs> refi, man. That's what you got to do. Okay. Oh, well, they put it all in the wristband. You don't even have to think about it, man. <laughs> uh, that's right. Worry about it next month. I, I mean, and that's it's a great point, Greg. And the thing for me is, what is the loan that I am going to take out? I'm not going to be able to stay away from this. This is playing to the 40 year old father of three who's insane about Star Wars to the T. I'm going to get there eventually. I don't mean. I hate to break this to you, Steve. It's. I hate to break this to you, Steve. Um, fifty. Fifty, dude. I hate you right now. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm not fifty for another eight months. There you go. Damn it. Um, I don't think you need to take out any loans, Steve. I need. I need to somehow convince to go to less concerts. I think that's the. I think that's the key. That's the key right there. Like I said, I'll need to take a loan. That's. But that's why, like, how our annual pass is going to contribute to this. Not, like, necessarily staying in the hotel, but going right. to see Star Wars land. Well, I... Yeah, are we, uh, we yeah. back to seeing another surge in annual pass holders again? I mean, is it going to be... I mean, because it's already crazy. It's already... Yeah, they, they rose things. the prices because there was too many kids hanging out in the park. So, yeah. like, are and they, they going to raise it again? Yeah. I mean, they still keep... They, people still keep buying them. No matter how much they raise the, raise the price, people well, still keep buying them. The park is are, so crowded. They're changing something up, and that's the re-entry uh, process. They're eliminating the stamp, where a lot of people were trying to duplicate the stamp. Yeah. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if all of you are familiar with the hairspray transfer method. Uh, not that I'm condoning that at all. Not that you've the, ever tried it. Not that I've ever tried that. Or successfully gotten in. I will not say that, that at all. But right. uh, wait, two more drinks, and I will confess to that. All However, right. <clears throat> um, I think what they're doing also, besides raising the price, is that they're you're getting like a an, an ID, right? Where your your picture now shows up, almost like this. Yeah, ID when bracelet. they scan your ticket, yeah, your name, your picture comes up. Because we got the three day pass. Yeah, that was like the SoCal three day, and yeah. every time they scanned it, my picture popped up. Yeah. Oh man. So I've got so my family are pass holders, and um, I we've got I think we've got the one up from the the SoCal pass. So. There's like the super deluxe one that you can go anytime you want. There's one notch down from that that has some blockout days. And then there's the next one down that's like weekends all summer long and spring break and Christmas break you can't go. That's the one we have. And I th- I want to say we paid 2.99 for those. Yeah, that's the one I want. That's okay. the one where like you can't go in the summer, but I don't like kids so it works. And you can't right. go on the weekend and I hate children, so it works. And so I can just go <laughs> in the weekdays. You, Jackie. What's going on? <laughs> I don't like kids. I hate children. But it's, it's, but it's great because you can go on a Tuesday or a Wednesday like after work. There's nobody there. During the yeah, summer it's and it's perfect. empty. It's perfect. Uh, but I think the, the big one 
the big pass where with no blockout days, it's like six hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars. So it's it's over a thousand. It's over a thousand. Oh, is it really? Okay, so it's so too with, much. yeah. So when Galaxy's Edge opens up, that's going to be a fifteen hundred dollar pass. It is. Hey, Greg, wow. um, we need to up our game and let's get up to the Russian level of hacking and start working this out, man. Make our own I'm down. passes. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I comrades. Let's hack some Cat. bracelets. No. The cheapest. Uh, I'm I'm on Disneyland's site right now. The cheapest cat, pass. Cat, 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 cat. The cheapest pass. <laughs> three, $339 for the least expensive pass. 339 the most expensive is a thousand forty nine. Wow. Oh, yeah. Man. See, that's why we're gonna get the basic one, like come October, because yeah. I've never seen Disneyland all Halloween, and Halloween's my jam. Oh my yeah. god! Nice. Seriously? Oh. Yeah. So I'm so excited. Like but that's where we're gonna start, because I've never seen the whole like autumn and like the trick or treating and the big Mickey pumpkin, and that's when we're gonna get our annual pass. So I'm excited for that. But, like, the whole Star Wars thing, like, how is that going to portray into the annual pass? Like, are they going to make you do an additional charge? Is it going to be in the annual pass? Like, I don't oh, even know. Oh, it better uh, be in the annual pass. Yeah, I, I'm, they... I'm sure it'll be because it's not a separate park. Yeah, so it's got to be part of the annual pass. It's just it's just a question of how much they're going to – because the, the, it's not going to open until 19, 2019. So it's yeah. how, many, how much do they raise it in the next year and a half? But that's <laughs> why. Like, it's so easy for them to do an additional charge because, like, to go yeah. from – just one park to another is an additional charge to go from California Adventure to Disneyland is an additional charge. So, like, do you will it be included? Is it going to be a separate thing? That's the part mm-hmm. that I'm worried about. I'm yeah. actually in shock, Jackie, that you have not been there during Halloween. I <laughs> okay, first of all, we have two millennials on the show tonight. Did you realize that? I, uh, yeah, Nico, you should be nervous. And second, get off my lawn. I want to say this out of knowing you for just a year i know that you're a halloween nut right so yeah it's like my jam that's my that's my shit halloween is my everything sorry for the language no 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 <laughs> i mean the thing the fact that you haven't even seen the uh, haunted mansion with the nightmare before christmas oh well i have seen that because my birthday's in november my mom takes me every year for my birthday but i haven't seen oh. everything like the autumn colors like i've never seen the mickey pumpkin it's always christmas time by the time that i go well like I said, it doesn't matter how much this thing is. I'm going to if I have to leave the rest of the family home and buy myself a pass. Yeah, that is going to happen. Right <laughs> up here. Woo! And he talks really big behind the, the microphone. Ear. I can still see the cat's ear right there, like just a little ear. <laughs> the cat's ear. What are we? We're missing something here. You got, Sorry, you lost me. You got articles up in front. What the hell, man? Are what? you professional? Mo, 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 mo. <laughs> oh, is, it, is she talking about you? Yeah, do you see the cat in his lap? There's a cat there. Dave, oh, Dave, you're Dave's talking about Dave. We, we typically. Oh man. Nobody can hide the cats from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so what our listeners may not. Oh, there he is. So uh, this is Jackie. This is a this is an audio podcast. So so uh, you have to describe things you see. I see a cat. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and being oh the crazy cat lady that I am with two of my own, I, I get it. excited when I see the little ears. Look at them. Oh, my God. I'm pointing out the fact that it's funny hearing Jackie talk about this, but then yeah. to hear Dave's maniacal laughter yeah. in the background, oh, my God, he is a villain. He is. It's, it's the stuff of nightmares. 
nightmares. <laughs> He's been at your house, Greg. I know. <laughs> Guys, we've got That's one more. Dr. Evil with his cat. We've got one more story to cover out of D23. Uh, they did uh, announce another class of, what is it, Disney, um, shoot, it's uh, Disney Legends. And none other than Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, was inducted as a Disney legend, along also with Carrie Fisher. And uh, Mark Hamill, reading here at D23.com, who in addition to his portrayal of the iconic Jedi and the hero, uh, the hero of the Star Wars saga, has lent his voice to Disney animated TV series such as Miles from Tomorrowland and Milo murphy's law spoke about his vast collection of disney memorabilia uh he pulled out the lou Gehrig quote guys saying that today i consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth mark hamill super nice all-around great guy now a disney legend american treasure mark hamill ladies and gentlemen he's a legend all all the ways around he's the joker he's luke he's everything Yep. He's cock Absolutely. Cockknocker. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say <laughs> cockknocker Luke Skywalker? Have you not seen That's Kevin Jay and Silent Bob Strike Jay Back. Jay Bob, man. Oh, uh-huh. man. But yeah. I'm probably the only one that's going to agree with this, but when he's in the black in Return of the Jedi, yeah. he just does something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does, uh, did something for you, did it? Oh yeah, he's <laughs> so so. You skip the farm boy look and you go right for the dark side. I see how this is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, she likes she likes the bad boys. Well, watch out for Greg. Boys. Look at that guy. That is some dark motherfucker over there. Yeah, okay. don't do not gaze at his beard too long because it it's it frankly is a little mesmerizing. It comes alive. Well, yeah. it'll, it'll also it'll the Romanian also family. The Romanian family will jump out and cut you if you yeah. talk about them. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, they get frightened very easily. Don't don't stare at them. I take it they have not been found by ICE yet, or else they would have been deported along with your beard. No, no, actually, things are going well in the beard right now. The Romanians are doing just fine. Um, they're they're happy that Rogue One is now on Netflix. They've been watched, I think, three times. <laughs> they got a big screen in there, do they? They do, fifty-five inch. Guys, we need to honor our sponsor for tonight's show, take a little break, and say once again thank you to Audible.com, because uh, Audible is a longtime sponsor of the Wretched Eye podcast. Uh, Once again, this week is offering a free audiobook download, along with a free 30-day trial for listeners of the Wretched Eye podcast uh, to have the opportunity to try out the service. And uh, it's a it's a great service. At least a couple of the Hyvians here are uh, subscribers, including myself. And uh, this week's show, guys, I'm I'm excited. Uh, it only took me six months, but I finally finished Thrawn this week. And I think Dave, you reviewed Thrawn for us maybe three or four months ago. Uh, but I am thrilled to yes, have sir. finished it finally. Yep, it was uh, uh, you. I remember you liked it. Said it wasn't for everyone, but. Uh, you liked it. I liked it as well. Um, finally finished it at my three page per night before I fall asleep uh, pace. <laughs> uh, but I am uh, so tonight through audible.com, uh, new subscribers can pull down Star Wars Thrawn as their free audiobook download. And so we've got a sample here. This is uh, Star Wars Thrawn, written by, of course, none other than Timothy Zahn. 
and narrated by Mark Thompson. Our fighters went down, Park said, nodding across the clearing where the distant lights could be seen flickering through the tendrils of evening mist wafting through the trees. Eli nodded silently. He'd noticed the lights earlier, but had assumed they were just more of Barris's survey team. Check out Star Wars Thrawn. It can be the free book. For the free audiobook that you get today, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's audibletrial.com forward slash H-I-B-E for your free audio book. You see, my friends here are a perfect example of the combined talents of the Wretched Hive Podcast. Ridiculous. We are influencing James Cameron. We are. I think we are. Eat a you-know-what, blue cats. Jesus, I would happily watch The Clone Wars on a repeating loop than have to watch True Detective Season 1 again. Festering pile of nonsense. I don't know how inebriated on a scale of one to however much these guys are I am tonight, but I'm getting there. Glenn Fry was the most egotistical jerk out of all of them. What an asshole. There's a good possibility what? that Nico is torquing a moonfish. There's a problem with our country, okay? And it's Chewbacca Mom. That's the problem. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Can we just get back to the show, please? This is the Wretched Hive Podcast. So earlier this week, we posted a link to an amazing fan film called Star Wars Dark Legacy. Uh, that link is available on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. Or you can just go to www.starwarsdarklegacy.com. And uh, this is an amazing fan film. Um, Scott uh, pointed me to this, and I immediately just uh, loved it. Um, and we are lucky enough this week to share an interview with you with the filmmaker of Star Wars Dark Legacy, Anthony Pietro Monaco. Super nice guy. He was kind enough to spend about a half an hour with Scott and I uh, talking about his movie, The Process, their vision for the film, and a bunch of other stuff too. Super talented man, Anthony Pietro Monaco. Uh, enjoy this interview. Make yourself comfortable and have a seat on our couch. Hey, let's see what's on TV. <laughs> $405 and living. It's a story of a man named Brady. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. Welcome to the couch with the Wretched Hive Podcast. Awesome! Alright, well, it's time for another episode of The Couch. We've got uh, Steve and Scott here from the Wretched Hive Podcast. Steve, it's great to be here again. Yeah, this is uh, this is actually uh, our third interview, right? Three, hey, man. Three. We're racking them up. We are. And uh, we are super excited to introduce Anthony Pietro Monaco to our fans and fans of the Wretched Hive. Hello, Anthony. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing great. Good, good. Thanks so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And Anthony is a, among many other things, a filmmaker, and he has created an awesome Star Wars fan film. Amazing. Quality it, is amazing it, on this thing. Seriously. We're going to get to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's killer. It's called Dark Legacy, a Star Wars story. And um, Anthony, Scott actually shared this with me and said, you you have got to see this film. Um 
I'm assuming you're a Star Wars fan, so we don't need to go there. Anybody that makes a film of this quality uh, with the canon this intact, I think is it's pretty clearly that it's pretty clear that you're a Star Wars fan. What's the what was the genesis of this film? Why make a Star Wars fan film? Well, uh, the first conversation that we had about it, uh, I, I'm a commercial director uh, during the day, um, and I was on set. We were doing a spot for. I think it was Back to the Future Day in New York, and we had rented a bunch of DeLoreans, and we were doing this big uh, PR stunt kind of thing. And the DP I was working with at the time was also a big uh, Star Wars nerd, and he was like, wouldn't it be cool if we did a scene that was entirely lit by lightsabers? How cool would that be? And I was like, you know, for a movie that that has lightsabers for a franchise that had done that, they had never actually really done a a scene like that. And so our idea kind of grew from there. We were like, we wanted to do a portfolio piece. We wanted to do something that like allowed us to demonstrate our our capabilities. And we wanted to do something that had an audience. And since Star Wars was so near and dear to all of us, we were like, just spent the next year or so in uh, in pre-pro. And then, you know, after we finished about a year in post, but we really just wanted to do the best job that we could um, honoring, you know, something that was so such an influence on all of us, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I think the uh, the way that you lit the movie with the lightsabers and sort of the darkness around when the lightsabers aren't uh, ignited really adds a lot of tension and and drama to the story. So I that what a cool choice you made there. That's really that's really neat. Uh, so you're, you you. You direct commercials. Um, sounds like you've done some some stuff that we may have seen. Have you have you uh, done anything that has been on the air lately that our fans may have seen? Well, I mean, I say commercials. Um, right now, I do a lot of high end sort of online stuff. I've, done, I've worked for like Porsche, Nordstrom, Mastercard, Verizon, but uh, most of the stuff that we do ends up um, like pre roll on YouTube ads and that sort of thing. Oh, okay, um, and it's cool because. Uh, Commercials, I mean, you're talking about massive budgets, traditionally speaking, like things that are in broadcast. But uh, because the Internet uh, is shifting everything to online, uh, it's opening up the door for a lot of people, sort of like the Star Wars fan film in the same way, to do things uh, at a, a very high production quality for a much lower budget. So you see new voices uh, being heard, uh, new content creators like myself and, and you know the people who worked on this. How did you get into uh, this field? Is, is, it, is it like a passion, a hobby of yours that you started with? Or how was that all? How did that come about? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I always knew I wanted to be a director. I always knew I wanted to make films. But um, I didn't really give myself permission to do that until about seven years ago. Uh, and I sort of came into it from the back. I um, <clears throat> started a small company that was doing advertising for small businesses. And uh, we were sort of like Groupon. It was Groupon with video. Um, but we ended up making more money off of the videos than we did on the coupon sales. So the company ended up um, folding up shop. And then I just kept making videos. And that was about seven years ago that we did that. So um, I never went to film school. Uh, everything that I learned, I learned the hard way. Made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> uh, we can relate. Yes. <laughs> Being a, a podcasters from scratch, we've we've made our share of mistakes for sure. So you you said you've always wanted to be a director, or you always wanted to be a director. I'm guessing George Lucas was an influence. Oh sure, you. yeah, uh, absolutely, and um, I think. Like, I'm drawn to science fiction and fantasy, I think, because it's sort of like this allegorical storytelling. Uh, and Star Wars is, 
you know, the primary example of that. It's like the 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 mother of them all. You know? yeah. But I love that, um, you know, you it, it allows you to have a conversation about things that are, you know, not necessarily uh, what you're talking about specifically. It's like if you're talking about giant blue aliens on Pandora, you're actually talking about, you know, corporate imperialism and like uh, appropriation and this sort of thing. And I, I was always thought that that stuff was interesting. And um, Star Wars has like this spiritual quality to it, right? And that's why people take it so seriously. I, I think it's because they... Uh, are able to ascribe their own sort of sense of identity and meaning out of it and just being able to, to play around in that universe um, That was its own reward we, you know, we spent a lot of money on doing it just so that we could you know not a lot But you know more than usual. It's so awesome to have the tech now that we have in 2017 for creatives like yourself to really be able to explore that side of your personality and really to sort of develop it into something that means something to other people. That's, it's really cool. No, absolutely. Um, this, I don't know if you guys are familiar. There's a guy named Andrew Kramer. Um, he has a, a platform called Video Copilot, and he has really uh, sort of democratized the playing field as far as special effects goes. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a Saber plug-in that had uh, fully customizable lightsaber effects. The lens flares um, that we used in this film are also provided by his company. And these are like free plugins that he just released because he was a big nerd. And he was like, <laughs> I can give these tools to other big nerds everywhere. And so now everyone's using it. And it's like uh, some guy with an iPhone can literally go and make a Star Wars movie. I mean, it's it's that. Oh, I, Man, I, awesome. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to be making a movie off the side <laughs> over here. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. That's that's so cool that they and fans we just give it away for free, right? Just yeah. because it's about the passion. Yeah. Um, so let's let's get back to your your filmmaking a little bit, and, and in particular, Dark Legacy. Um, so, have well, first of all, have you made other Star Wars fan films, or is this your first shot? I've made other fan films, okay. uh, but not other Star Wars fan. Films. Other genres or other uh, properties, or I, what, what yeah, have you I done? T- I typically focus on video games. That was sort of my target. Um, the first one that we did was for a franchise called uh, The Last of Us. Oh, and our, yeah. our uh, short's called What Remains. Um, and there was a pilot for a series. And we were trying to function as part of the uh, launch campaign for that because it was a game that had a lot of hype. Uh, and that project was very well received. Um, I still get some emails asking for more episodes, but we didn't end up getting greenlit but it it did lead to a lot of interesting relationships and and opportunities that came from that and then the second one that we did um was based on uh, borderlands 2 it was called jack's exodus um and uh that followed the events of borderlands 2 and we turned the the villain into the hero um sort of this redemption story kind of thing uh and then about a year and a half ago i wouldn't call this a fan film per se but we did uh like a live action makeup test for a live action version of the thundercats um, oh nice so that was fun <laughs> man that's going back played... in the childhood there yeah, oh yeah man yeah. i played uh, i played tigra in that one just for... <laughs> awesome that's awesome yeah. So you started talking about Dark Legacy uh, at the top of the interview, and uh, the first thing that you mentioned was the look, the the dark look, the way it's lit with the lightsabers. Uh, In my notes going through this this afternoon, that was front and center in my notes also, and I think it's one of the reasons that the film really stood out to me is something different. You know, it felt very similar, familiar rather, and yet very different. Um, 
the 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 it's filmed at night or in the dark um for our fans that uh and by the way do you want to would you mind plugging your website really quick where can fans find this and we'll, oh, sure. we'll mention this at the end too yeah absolutely i mean we're so it's primarily featured on the star wars dark legacy website um just that just that www.starwarsdarklegacy.com okay and then our production company is manifest film um manifestfilm.com and there you can see some of the other work that we've done um, and those are the two primary sites. I mean, you're welcome to go to, to my as well, Anthony and, and that's, you know, my commercial work and narrative work both, but, uh, the best place to view it is definitely star Wars, dark awesome. Certainly add all the links. Absolutely. The we'll put those on our yeah. Facebook page and through our social media, if that's okay. Absolutely. Please. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so, you know, with filming at night or in the dark, you know, obviously you had the cool look of the lightsabers at night, uh, were there other elements of of filming at night that that sort of lent itself to you know creating the dramatic experience <laughs> yes uh, so the pro- funny story about filming um, so we had a location picked out uh, called Mono Lake <clears throat> oh. which is about an hour and a half east of Yosemite yeah. um, and the day before we were supposed to shoot there they got we got this crazy email it was like extreme weather warning um and they were having 70 mile an hour bursts of wind uh on location in this desert and uh so we we couldn't shoot there we had to find another location so um we were all up in yosemite i had a fight crew and everybody coming driving up and i was top of this mountain we just finished shooting a music video and uh, I get this phone call saying, you, you know, you, you can't shoot at this location tomorrow. So uh, I got in my car and just scrambled and drove around to every body of water that I could get to before the crew got there six hours later. Oh. And we ended up finding this this reservoir. Um, and uh, we, so we rented a houseboat and uh, on, that was on the reservoir. And we just cruised out to this island, which I'd never seen before. And... Uh, calling the crew and we're like, hey, meet me there. And so the crew got there just as the sun was going down. Like we literally, as we were docking the boats uh, on the island, uh, you, which you shouldn't be doing it at night, at night because it's, it's there's rocks everywhere. I mean, you saw. It. Well, and, Scott. So I got to stop you. Scott owns a boat, so you can. I know you can speak to this. That's, oh yeah, that's no, dangerous. You are speaking. You're preaching to the choir. I totally know what you're talking about. Well, this is a houseboat too. It's like we're not we're not boaters. We don't own them. So we're, <laughs> Anyway, so we get there and we set up the lights and um, there was there was the lightsabers as a primary light source and then there was uh, one balloon that we had as it was a light source mm-hmm. and um, that was for our physical shooting uh, and then we also shot two days in a studio uh, after that but we went, we need we needed to establish a physical location um, so we shot through the night on on that particular day ended up just getting everything just as the sun was coming up you know shooting right until the end. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, like the, the look and the feel, it turned out better probably than if we had shot it at Mono Lake. But um, as far as like the, the ideas, you know, behind shooting just with the lightsabers, I mean, lightsabers are an interesting thing because they're a weapon, right? But it's also in a scene that's entirely lit by the lightsaber. It's a tactical disadvantage to use it. It gives away your position. Yeah. And so we wanted our story to really focus on um, a training, you know, teaching uh a character to use the darkness as a practical element in the fight. Um, not just being like, use your anger and making it kind of like black and white like that, but like to really 
show a situation where it's like you didn't have a choice but to use it and incorporate that into the narrative, you know, so that was all, you know, very motivated. Yeah, boy, that really came through. Yeah. That really came through. There's there's <clears throat> there's a couple of scenes where it's just pitch black and there's no sound. The humming of the lightsaber goes out and you're like, you know, you keep waiting for that. Like, what's going to happen? You know, there's serious awesome. tension during those moments. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to point out a couple things. One, um, the fact that you chose or, or picked Mono Lake. Uh, I just spent some time up there about a month ago and uh, it's a gorgeous location. But to get a place last minute that actually it, I was convinced that you were actually shooting at Mono Lake because the location looks uh, what are those uh, uh, structures they have up there? The Tufas, I think they're called. Yeah, uh, uh, that's why we chose it, but we couldn't, you know. Right, right. Uh, and, and But the look that you, the place that you actually found, actually, I, I know it's not the same, but it's still, there was that feeling of like, man, it's kind of otherworldly looking. Um, definitely a, 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 like a planet of some sort that's not Earth-like, and I, I love that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out is all the fan film work that you had done. Um, this, I love how dark this is. I love that you go into a very familiar setting, uh, a universe that many of us as fans are familiar with. Um, but I love the idea of fan films. We've obviously watched a lot. You chose this really incredible dark story, uh, which is very reminiscent of, I believe these are fairly recent, uh, the Mortal Kombat, I think they did like a reboot series, uh, online series. Mm -hmm. It really reminded me a little bit of that, the darkness that you took, the tone anyway. Yeah, uh, I was so fascinated by it. that's why I actually ended up after talking to you guys sending this over to Steve I'm like man you have to see this film it is it is the best fan film I've ever seen like quality wise in every yeah the quality is amazing yeah did you get a chance to work on the um, on the uh, was it what did you just say Mortal Kombat oh no uh, okay. I did I was a fan of it though um, and okay. they did a Street Fighter one recently too that I thought was good uh, when Mortal Kombat came out that was when we pitched uh, What Remains the Last of Us thing ah got it um, and there was no precedent uh, at that time for fan films I mean there, there had been a couple of them but they weren't really mainstream in the same way that they are right now and we knew you know going into this as a Star Wars thing it was like we have to set the bar like we our goal was always we need to make the best fan film ever and if it isn't excellent there's really no reason to be doing it because Star Wars fans are the most critical fans out there I mean even George Lucas I think said that uh, no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. <laughs> you know? True. But and, so and myself as well. You know, I, I criticize them too because they mean something to me. You right. know, like uh, it, <laughs> anyway. Um, the the darkness was a very deliberate move because it, there's this huge gap of unexplored uh, lore in the Star Wars universe related to the bad guys. And yeah. and I think what's most interesting about Sith. Um, like doctrine and the philosophy behind the Sith is not that it's evil, it's that it's utilitarian, it's selfish, you know. And so we have that mantra that's throughout as you know, there is no strength, there is only, or there is no peace, there's only passion, you know. And he goes through this, um, this speech about you know how by em embracing your inner strength you can get whatever you want, and that is not inherently evil, but it can very easily become evil, oh, you know. Absolutely right. Well, it's the whole idea that, like, the Nazis thought that they were on the right side of history, and the Empire does, too. They, they feel like they are the good guys, yeah, because right. they're fighting for what they believe. 
Right. Um, and certainly as a fan, uh, and we talked about picking apart the, the saga, the series that we love so much. Yeah, we spent a year and a half on this podcast <laughs> nitpicking the, the prequels and everything everything about those films. So, yeah. We're good I, at nitpicking. Yeah. We're good nitpickers. Definitely. Yeah, that's good. That's a good conversation. It is. You know? Great. Wonderful. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the script and, and how the actors made it come to life. Because I sure. was – so I watched the movie again on my way home. I take the train so I've got time to, you know, goof off after work and watch Star Wars fan films. <laughs> I'm preparing for my second job that doesn't pay anything. Um, but I thought I, I was reflecting on the performance um, and the actress that plays the, the lead character, the main character. Uh, Aaron. What's, what's her name? Aaron. Aaron Wu. Um, a funny story about her, too. Uh, we lost our, our main actress uh, right before shooting. Um, and uh, so if you look at the key art that we sent, um, that's not her in the key art pictures. Uh, Aaron, we cast about two weeks prior to shooting because our lead, uh, Sayaka, um, had a court date that she couldn't miss. And we could, at that point, we couldn't reschedule the shoot. Um, and then Aaron ended up bringing Fabian uh, because uh, by way of Phil Tan, um, who was uh, the fight choreographer and the guy who ultimately played uh, the Sith under the mask. Ah, um, okay. And Aaron also is, uh, I, I saw her demo online whenever I was casting, like scrambling, and uh, she had not done much. Uh, I had not seen any of her acting chops or anything, but I saw her martial arts, and I'm a martial artist myself. Um, and I, when I saw her performance, I was like, oh, man, this chick, she's yeah. got something, <laughs> you know. And she, she really brought it, and uh, I'm super proud of her. I think she went. Um, reached into depths that I don't know that she's she had done before, and it was really a, a, a pleasure and a privilege to work with her. I can't she, say enough good things about her. She killed it. She killed it. So yeah. what I what I started to say was that I, I thought of when I was I'm watching her performance and Yoda's quote, his famous quote: "Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering." I, she brought all of those. There, you know, she was scared. She hated being. She hated that training. You, it was just you could feel the hate coming off of her, um, she, you know, and she was suffering. Yeah. Um, and so, what I walked away with, with at the end was, are, am I rooting for her, or am I not rooting for? I, I have like my feelings are so mixed about her, and I think that really is due to the passion that she brought in her performance. Absolutely. I don't know if she's a, a heroine or a villain in this film, right? And that's the idea. Uh, I think that you, because, uh, and she has no dialogue, right? And so I think that, if you, I saw Planet of the Apes recently, but there's characters in that movie that don't have dialogue either, and it allows you as the audience to ascribe your own, you know, personality into her and interpret and, you know, become that character in a way. Mm -hmm. And we leave it on this very ambiguous note. You know, she turns on both sabers, you've got light and dark and all these things happening at once. And so... The, we don't. We deliberately do not answer the the question that is asked, which is, you know, yeah. what is she good or bad? You know, what side is she on now? So hopefully we get to answer that. Maybe something more comes of it. Yeah, she, she was she was amazing, and the script. I mean, it was a fantastic script. Lots of great information provided, very very succinctly, and just. You know, a lot of these fan films, they kind of go off and kind of go off into a tangent and you're not sure really where this is going. They pull it back like they could have done one more rewrite, you know, but you guys, it was tight. It was so tight. 
Yeah. It is so tight. Um, really great job with that. Yeah, I'd like to put well, my money that. in on this. Yeah. Can we just go for a trilogy? I'm good with that. Because, <laughs> hey, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that, Scott, because it's it's a great segue. Because, um, Anthony, you mentioned that you kind of leave it hanging on purpose. You don't answer the question. Uh, to me, it's the perfect opportunity for a sequel. Are we oh, going to yeah. get part two? I want to know what happens. <laughs> I certainly hope so, man. I mean, this um, the intention to this was to... to you know, rattle some cages and uh, bring get some people's attention. And I think in a digital landscape that we all live in right now, that there's plenty of opportunity out there on various social platforms or wherever. Uh, we did this for very little money. Uh, I, we we proved that we're capable of doing it uh, very efficiently. And if Disney or uh, you know the powers that be would sanction that, you know, we would love nothing more. And I think that um, I hope it's clear in the material how much respect that we have for the source material and that um, we would honor that, you know? So, I mean, George Lucas or whoever that decision maker is, please allow us to, I mean, and if, if we can get your blessing, um, you know, there's all kinds of crowdsourcing fundraising opportunities and stuff out there, but ultimately uh, we're at a point where, you know, we've done everything that we can and, and that decision will be left up to, you know, the universe. Hey, it's happened before. I mean, look what Kyle Newman was able to do with fanboys and, you know, it started with nothing and he ended up having Lucas sign off on it. So it, it could, it yeah. could happen. Exactly. You know, all right, well, we would love to make it happen to help you make it happen. So tell our uh, fans again, our listeners where they can find your film, dark legacy. Oh, so please go to star Wars, dark uh, you'll find all the information about the crew and the cast and everything there. And we would love to hear. <clears throat> it's also on YouTube. It's on Vimeo. It's on Facebook. Um, we would love to get your opinions. We'd love to engage with you, communicate with you. Um, this is about community. And, uh, you know, we just want to do right by you guys. So let us know. Oh, man, that's fantastic. And you know what? You are. This is completely complimentary. You are my next vote for the next David Fincher right now. That's what I'm saying. I'm a huge Fincher fan. I like the darkness that he pre- presents in his films. I see a lot of that in you, and I, I love this. I, this this film is fantastic, seriously. I really appreciate that, guys. I mean, you, <clears throat> the perspective of, of critics like yourself, if you call yourselves that, but fans, um, is that your approval means everything. You know, we, the audience is why we did this. We wanted to embrace all that stuff. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate um, the support. I really can. Uh, you got it, man. You got it. Well done. Hopefully we'll see part two. And uh, thanks a lot, Anthony, for, for joining us. It was really nice talking with you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks appreciate for being you guys. On. Thank you. All right. Thanks. This is Anthony Pietromonico, and you're listening to the Wretched Hive Podcast. All right, guys, we got to get back to the Star Wars uh, movie proper here. We got to get back to the films because there's quite a bit of news about Episode Eight and the Han Solo film that we need to cover here. Um, so, Episode Eight, Ryan, Episode Eight director Ryan Johnson, just today, as we record the show, I think it was just today, may have been yesterday, revealed part of the crawl, guys. And Dave, you 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 uh, alerted us to this. There's one word that he revealed as part of the crawl in episode fuck eight. Fuckballs. And that's right. It's fuckballs. Oh, great. And uh, no, it's not fuckballs. <laughs> it's poop. Although he did, he did joke 
that he that the word was poop, and that the word poop was just going to crawl up the screen. No other words. Just uh, episode eight poop. <laughs> uh, but the word the word Ryan Johnson revealed today is decimated. Decimated. So uh, any speculation? What is it decimated? could be referring to uh, collapse of the republic political leadership. It could be a reflection of the uh, current political leadership in the U.S. No, that would Did no, I that would be that gutless, loud? not decimated. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, you know, uh, in the Force Awakens, I don't think we had one actual tease, uh, one leak of of any words from the Force Awakens. So we have one now from the Last Jedi, and that is decimated. I think decimated actually refers to the Jedi Order. Ooh. I'm going with that. I really feel that they are going to take this Jedi approach, this new type of Jedi, and all that we have learned is gone. Mm. It's dust. Just like the red dust on Crake. <laughs> Whatever the hell that planet is. I'm I'm thinking... I, I, I like that. I like that idea. I've... I'm thinking how the way that they use the the crawl to sort of talk about what happened and where they are now, especially considering that there's been no time gap at all between episode seven and episode eight. We know that. I think it makes sense that it starts out with now that the galactic government has been decimated or something something along those lines. They're going to talk about what's happening next. So I'm I'm going with Dave on that one. Okay. No. Greg? <laughs> Any opinion, Greg, on what's decimated? Nico. Where's Nico? Get Come on, Nico. Join join my side. Join the dark side. I'm never going to join your side, man. Again, I'm 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 still subscribing to the tech, to the uh to the uh to the What am I subscribing to? I'm going with the fact that if you call my name out, I'm not answering you. Screw you, Scott. <laughs> Screw you. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Ah. And Nico, I still love you, man. I love you, too. Oh, I can can corner him on this one. Okay. So, Greg, we know that Glenn Fry is awesome. Oh. Oh, yeah. See? See? No comment. No comment. Oh, the heat is so on. The heat on. (laughs) Take it easy. Take it easy, big guy. There's the pines here. We we keep going with this line. We're There's going to be it. trouble on the street tonight. I can feel it in my bones. Oh, yeah. damn! We've already been down this road like I don't know, 38 episodes ago. <laughs> I know. It's all right. Uh, we also have quite a bit of news coming out of the Han Solo film, guys. We should cover this. Uh, first of all, we had some leaked images. Uh, from Han Solo. Um, since he took over, Ron Howard has been quite active on the Twitter. Uh, but I want to say, actually, this first leak image we have here that appeared on, I've got it up on uh, Facebook. Uh, Star Wars News is the thread. First uh, image that was released or leaked, it looks like a, actually an image being taken maybe during a shot. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, there's quite a bit of detail to look at here. We've got... Do you have both of the images, Steve? I'm just I've curious. I've only got this one. Okay, there's another shot similar to the one that we're seeing right Does now. Does somebody have the hiccups? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm wondering, what, what is that? <laughs> That's okay, we have that effect on people. 
Um, go ahead, Scott. Take um, over. The, the shots are very similar, but the first shot, you don't see all the production equipment in the shot. Oh. And and the, the platform, what looks like the Han Solo character, um, a female dignitary, and Woody Harrelson's character are standing on this kind of circular platform, which rises up from underneath, like mm. a, an elevator of some sort. Um, what I find fascinating about this shot is if you really look at the, the scenery, the background, it's very reminiscent of the prequels, mm. of, of uh, Palpatine's office. Uh, look at the window structure. Look in the background. The only thing you're missing is the red. Again, red, but we're going with a white and a gold look on this, which makes it more... Uh, uh, I, I always want to say the rebellion, but... Um, uh, the Republic before the fall. Right, exactly. I lost my screen. I was trying to bring it up for you guys so you could see... Uh, but we're lo- what we're looking at here is a sort of a round room uh, with light beige and gold uh, wall designs, um, a circular sort of a disc-shaped center of the room where the characters are standing. There's a lot to look at here. I don't know if you noticed this little uh, sort of treasure or a trophy chest over here. Yeah. I'm really curious to, to, to see what's in there. Um, I, what struck me about this image is it looks like I was surprised this was leaked because they're they're usually so tight on the set. Yeah. Um, and it's just surprising that somebody got this shot and got it online. Um, Seriously, if you get a chance, see the check out the other the photo because you're not getting all the camera gear when you yeah. get the chance. Um, we'll have them up on our site. I can put them up on the Facebook page. Okay. Um, fantastic behind-the-scenes shot. This had to have been leaked on purpose. Just so, you know, I almost feel like this was done to show you that with all the problems that we've been hearing in the news, things are actually going okay. And yeah. you can see on set that there seems to be some chemistry there. People are, are in a, a moment, in a shot. Woody Harrelson's there. I think it's a great, great behind-the-scenes leaked footage. You know, yeah. just to... I'm talking about... Sorry, just oh, to build on what Scott said real quick. Uh, somebody suggested this online, and I forget who it was, but they felt that uh, Disney missed a chance to have a little fun at D3 with the Han Solo movie. There wasn't really anything that was presented, but they thought it would have been hilarious if they had just sent Ron Howard out on stage and have him say something to the effect of, you know, uh, everything's fine here, everything's all right, uh, situation normal. <laughs> how are you? Uh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been classic. Damn, what <laughs> missed a opportunity. Out. Totally missed. Um, so you know, Scott, I was about to say you mentioned chemistry. Yeah, we may be seeing some chemistry on film here with Chewbacca, because a, a, an image was leaked of uh, looks like some assistant directors looking at a uh, a, a daily. Oh, my computer is really annoying me. Every time I try to click on it. Uh, it somehow changes, and I don't know what it's doing. But oh, there we go. Steve, you gotta close those porn yeah. windows down. Oh, What's going sorry. On? It's because Scott is sitting next to it. What? Scott breaks. What is that? Uh, Wookie on Wookie. Uh, what are you looking at? Pornhub. You know, you, I'm, I'm a former <laughs> subscriber, and they won't leave me alone. Um, so we are looking at some uh, like assistant directors uh, looking at dailies. You've got Chewbacca here standing, the actor who plays. Chewbacca in in the in the uh, next movie. Not Peter Mayhew. Not Mayhew. What's his name? Yolif. He's a Swedish guy. I don't know. 
I can't remember. Yahoo Sirius. <clears throat> but they're looking at this image. I don't know if you, if you guys can see my screen. Over here on the right side, you've got it looks like Chewbacca face to face with another Wookiee. Are we going to see Mala in this movie? You damn straight we are, man. Mala strikes back. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully they'll leave Grandpa out. Of Lumpy strikes back. <laughs> now speaking of porn lumpy <laughs> wow that, that's Di- one twist loves him some diane carroll loves him some diane carroll mm. Mm. that is hey, you know what we should ask since we're talking about this jackie have you seen the uh holiday special edition or holiday special and if you have if you have why have you seen it See, no, they, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I have not as the proper response. Yes, that is that is the correct <laughs> okay. correct position. But but Jackie, we're gonna we're gonna give you an assignment. You need to go and watch the Star Wars Holiday Special. Find it on YouTube. Uh, it's it's uh, two hours you'll never ever have back in your life again. You'll regret it. But as a Star Wars fan, you need to watch it. It was uh, produced for for television in 1978. Uh, stars the original cast, and it's 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 possibly the worst thing ever filmed for television. Yeah, we we are not joking when we say there is Wookies. There are Wookies watching porn. <laughs> it's I, I cannot stress this enough. This was a children's program, right? And that terrifies. No, me. no, no. Now, Jackie, we're not joking. It it's Wookie porn. <laughs> It's it's no exaggeration. You have to see it. It's, it's all right. It's all right. I, you love Boba Fett. The Star Wars Holiday Special is actually the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah. That is true. There you go. That's that the one true. redeeming quality. Yes, that's true. Good point, Dave. Thanks for thanks I mean, for bringing I, us back. I want positive. her to come back on the show in the future, <laughs> so I'm really hesitant about trying to get her to watch this. But okay. But if Boba Fett's there, oh, I'm yeah. there. It's. Just a little different, though. That's all. There's some animation and some colors and a giant dinosaur. Yeah, let's not tease <laughs> it anymore, though. I, 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 I need to hear her reaction when she comes back on the show. Holy crap. I, that'll I just, be interesting. I just scared myself giving that description, seriously. <laughs> wow, I can't believe that was a Star Wars movie. Uh, also, Ron Howard tweeting out a f- possible shot of Lando on... The Falcon, and this is again. You can follow Ron Howard at Real Ron Howard on Twitter. Oh, hey! Uh, so this is a shot of uh, of Ron Howard again uh, with his back to like an editing bay, and uh, he tweets lining up a shot today from my director's monitor. One thing about this shot, Ron, you need to learn how to take a selfie, okay? Or at least. You know, you're a director for God's sakes. I'm sure you have some lighting around <laughs> because he's just completely backlit. You can hardly see his face, but you see this picture behind him of what looks like an African American man. I'm assuming it's the character of Lando Calrissian, which uh, looks like he's on uh, in the cockpit of the Falcon. What'd you guys think of this? This is new to me. I'm. I'm... Oh, first time you've seen it. Yes. Oh yeah. That's Lando, damn it. Look at that. <laughs> That's Lando. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm all excited, brother. And he's not I wearing can't tell. <laughs> He's not wearing Han's clothes. So it might not be Lando. Well, thank God. I knew they were friends and all, but yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, don't make it clothes. weird. 
<laughs> well, well, it, okay, it wasn't me. It, it wasn't weird at all at the end of Jedi when Lando, Lando flies up and he's in, he's wearing Han's clothes. Yeah, what the hell, he's like yeah. it just it just smells so good and it feels it was, so good it on was, my skin. The, the ending of so Empire was the original sin, was the original single white female. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Empire, not Jedi. Empire. Yeah, no, it was. Oh my god, so bizarre. How do they? Did they ever retcon? Have we heard any official retcon from? No, of, and that's that a good one? point. Of all the shit he altered, played with, and changed around in the original trilogy, you can't fix that. Lando Calrissian suddenly dressed like Harrison Ford. You can't just make that go away. Yeah. No doubt. Why no doubt would it. you, sir? I ask you, why would you? Because it's creepy as hell. <laughs> As creepy Steve, as it is, I'm going to go drink a Colt 45. Steve and I right both dressed up like Harrison Ford at the same time. And that was really weird squeezing into that <laughs> costume with you. I'm never doing that again. Yeah, I'm going to say the, that was The sexy. two-headed Han Solo. Thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say what two <laughs> words. Mm-hmm. Harry back. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That was sexy as hell. All right, guys. We're a little short on time. We're going to pick it up here couple stories uh, we still have that are important for this week. <clears throat> Just uh, to rehash a story from a few episodes ago, um, the Rancho Obi-Wan thief has been captured. Yes. Remember a story, uh, must have been last month when it was revealed that there was a theft over a two-year period from Rancho So, Scott, Obi-Wan. how much was your bail? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. I can't talk about the case right now. Was was he captured by Bosk or IG88? <laughs> 4LOM. <laughs> this is Carl Edward Cunningham, who by the way is the uh is the is the name of the guy that Steve Sansweet tweeted out uh when this first happened. Uh pled guilty to felony grand theft Monday in Sonoma County Superior Court. Cunningham is also facing charges in Texas. For stealing a rare Boba Fett action figure valued at forty thousand dollars. Okay, is there irony here? Cunningham, L. Ron Howard is dragging. <laughs> mm. Come on, oh, this L. Ron is, Hubbard. This, this is how he makes his atonement. He, Ron Howard stole the stuff, and now he's got to direct the movie as payment. That's <laughs> so he won't get his name on the credits. Just twisting his arm to direct the Star Wars movie. <laughs> Oh, it all makes sad. sense now. Uh, <laughs> the other story I found interesting, uh, decidedly uh, different here. You know, we've got a little, well, there's a long-standing feud, I'll say, between Star Trek fans and Star Wars fans. I don't know what you're talking about. If you've ever seen the movie Fanboys, it's perfectly articulated in that film when they uh, the Star Wars guys come, come across a... Uh, group of guys that have just gotten out of a star trek convention funny 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 scene there Great. is no argument here steve there's no argument which is better star wars, star wars fans or star trek? are star better wars. than trekkers or trek oh <laughs> that's right you just heard it you Rude. say it you say Rude. it girlfriend star, star wars right. fans will always prevail and be significantly more important and attractive than trekkie or trekkers true hmm <laughs> Calling it out, saying her truth. I'm doing the happy day. Well, foxnews.com <laughs> news. reporting fight over 
fight over Star Wars and Star Trek led to assault, <laughs> Oklahoma police say. Thanks, Donald Trump. Oklahoma City, police say a fight over Star Trek and Star Wars led to an assault in the Metro. Jerome Dwayne White, age 23, was arrested July 1st on a complaint of assault and battery, possession of marijuana, and outstanding Oklahoma County warrants. Oklahoma City Police Department reports show that White and another man were in the living room of an apartment in the 1400 block of Northwest 16th Street when they began arguing if Star Wars or Star <laughs> Trek was better. So awesome. The victim Star told police he Wars. became frustrated. Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> the victim told police he became frustrated and stated, you're just a trick. What? Must have been yours just a trekkie. I don't know. That's Probably trekkie. You're just a trick before walking back to his room. White allegedly followed the man and shoved him to the ground. The victim got up and told police he stated, You want to replay that? And was again <laughs> shoved to the ground. Oh, no, you Never. didn't. Did you just say replay? Never that? ask a Star Trek Hopefully fan say about White. reruns. That's, <laughs> that's how it got started. <laughs> police say White then wrapped his arm around the victim's neck. And attempted the Vulcan death grip. No, just kidding. And attempted, began to. There is no Vulcan death the victim. grip, sir. It's a trick. <laughs> the victim was near unconsciousness when he pulled out a pocket knife. White let go and reached for the knife, cutting himself, and then left the room. You know, if it, if it, if police found, police I mean, mind melded with the victim. If somebody didn't tragically die, if somebody didn't tragically die, this is hilarious. I like trying the Vulcan nerve oh. just to do him. <laughs> Come on, you got a little, you got a little three PO there, Greg. But uh, I, I completely agree. No, no one died. No one died. In uh, thankfully, the pocket knife is okay. <laughs> no, did somebody die? Somebody did not die in this. Is what you're saying? I thought somebody did die in this. No, no. Okay, no, no. No one was dead except for the Star Trek franchise. No laugh. Hey, man. <laughs> Come fire. on. That was pretty good. All right. All right. Oh, hold on. I got... Uh, let me just let me just try that again. Uh, nothing's dead other than the Star Trek franchise. That makes it funny. We are easily impressed. Guys, our final story of the day... Of the week, I should say. Decidedly un-Star Wars, but I gotta put this in because it's so GD funny. Andy Serkis appeared on the, the a late night, uh, on the late show with Stephen Colbert. And uh, Stephen Colbert talked, Mr. Serkis, of course, famous actor, best known for, well, many roles. He's uh, in the Star Wars universe. He's uh, playing Snoke course um he was uh what else he's in the uh he's king uh, kong he's king he's oh he's king kong he is king kong oh he is okay and yeah. uh, he's also playing the lead in the planet of the apes film he what's that caesar. character's he name caesar caesar and arguably he's most famous for voicing gollum gollum from uh, the lord of the rings films and so they were having a little fun on the late show, and Stephen Colbert um, gave him a little uh, a little tweet to read. So here's Andy. I wonder if I could ask you a favor. Yes. Is that I, I have here, where do I have it? I have it right here. I would love it 
if I could hear either Smeagol or Gollum. Okay. Um, or both. Uh, read these tweets by Donald Trump. It's also in there. If you want to do it up here, it's also he jumps in there. up on the chair. Yeah. Like Gollum would. The fake news media has never been so wrong or so dirty. Purposely incorrect stories and phony sources to meet their agenda of hate. Sad. <laughs> I, just, I heard that and I had to play it. Totally on Star Wars related, but could I, I had to put that on the show. It's so funny. Some great stuff. So funny. Uh, Jackie, you poor thing. You still sound like you've got too, the hiccups. Too many so. margaritas. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, it's getting late. It's getting late. All right, so I think we are here now. Let's try it's this. It's the Very Lonely Luke Tweet of the Week. Red 5 standing by. Because if there's something to whine about, you can count on Luke. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Even though he's now an old man. No! It just isn't fair. Greg, what do you got for us this week? Oh, God, I hope this whole... Yeah. I Come on, baby, hold together. That's, that's what I'm saying. So we got very lonely. I'm not doing dad joke. I'm only doing very lonely Luke tonight. We have from just a couple days ago, July the 14th, and give me the no go. Doesn't sound like anything. Uh, you're really, really shocked. As is. Do you want me to? That picture of Greg is hilarious. All right, Dave, <laughs> what do you got for us this week? <laughs> This is a. Uh, this is where you hit this abort. This is a tweet uh, from a couple of days ago. Obi Wan hid in a scorching desert. Yoda hid in an evil swamp. I hid on an island with a beautiful view. I'm the smartest Jedi of all time. <laughs> Perfect. Let's get out of here. <laughs> One last hiccup from Jackie Michelle to to take us out. Well, we lost Greg. I don't know what happened there, but uh, he got 3PO'd for sure. And his frozen picture on there was the best I've seen in a long time. Well, wow. If you have a story about how you got 3PO'd, uh, and if you maybe couldn't stop hiccuping the whole time for a uh, for your debut as a guest host, on this here podcast, you can call and leave us a message, 562-455-4483. That's uh, 562-455-HIVE. You can also find us online at www.therechedhive.net. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. On Twitter, at Pod. You can find us on iTunes, maybe the best way to interact with the show you can uh, search up your podcast feed through iTunes search for The Wretched Hive 
subscribe to the show, leave a review. Five stars, one star, any number of stars. We don't care. We just want to hear from you, listeners of the Wretched Hive podcast. Jackie, Michelle, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you again so much for joining us. It was a pleasure being here. (laughs) But the hiccup. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. No worries. We'll fix most of them in post. Don't worry one thing about it. Guys, final thoughts. Episode 41 is in the books. Briggs. Greg's final thought is the best right there. Greg cannot seem to stay with us. I, I am impressed that Skype held uh, together as long as it did with this many people on the on the line. Greg is telling us that he's number one. I think he's saying we're all number one. Yeah, I, I think, think he's so. saying Skype is number one. <laughs> Guys, have a wonderful week. Jackie Michelle, you're awesome. Oh, look her up. Definitely Facebook.com forward slash Jackie Michelle 138. And may the force be with us all. Always. I was waiting for you. Your voice is going. I know. I can barely talk.